0: Welcome to Featured Insights, presented by Caroline Economic Development. I'm your host, Debbie Bowden. This podcast is for all size businesses in Caroline County and the eastern shore of Maryland to learn from experts at the local, state, and national level. We hope that you gain insights that can help your business run more effectively. Courtney Whitney Stewart. Hi.
1: Good morning. Thank ha- you for having me.
0: Oh, you're, it's my pleasure. I'm so glad that you decided to join us today. And mm-hmm. we're going to talk about human resources. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about innovations that you're seeing in bringing people into a company, mm-hmm. keeping them, and just, you know, in the today's labor market, it is tough. And that resource mm-hmm. of humans, um, what advice could you give some of our listeners? But before we get to that, and you're not aware of this, so this Uh-oh. is a little bit of a surprise. Here it comes. Um, so you and I have known each other for um, since about 20, 2006, I think 2007. Okay. Um, we volunteered together. We did. And um, I want to talk about my take on seeing a young woman coming up in the world, in your right. career, and some of the things that you did in that volunteer opportunity for mentoring, because I think that's going to kind of fit in Mm -hmm. with what we're going to talk about today. So, Before we jump to that, I want to give you a little bit of time to think about that. Go ahead and introduce yourself, let everybody know who you're representing, and then we'll go take a walk down memory lane.
1: That sounds great. So um, as Deb said, my name is Courtney Stewart. I'm the Director of Human Resources with TriGas and Oil and our family of businesses, which our headquarters located here in Caroline County, operating not only the TriGas and Oil fuel company that people are used to recognizing on the road but also comfort plus services mm-hmm. breeding roll off and ML truck service um and some people have seen that since we've merged with pep up our name is um we are transitioning possibly to a new name this summer
0: oh exciting. exciting
1: news um but looking to the next stage of kind of our our energy journey
0: awesome and so the company's been around for a long time based yeah. in Started in Federalsburg.
1: Started in Federalsburg with the McMahon family, um, has had a couple different lives, um, but really rooted in agriculture and, you know, that convenience to our neighbors um, Mm -hmm. and friends that are looking for a fuel or energy resource, Um, and then... Over the last year, joining with the PEP-UP organization out of Lower Delaware, another legacy company. Um, So together kind of putting all of our people and our initiatives together to be better serving our community, which now ranges from the Glen Burnie area. Um, We have an office north in Galena, which services up into the Wilmington area. Um, So the entire eastern shore of Maryland is service, as well as lower Delaware and the Eastern shore of Virginia.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So we're bay to bay, really. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And, and so we'll get back to that. Okay? okay. And then the challenges that you have, because you named four different, unique, distinct businesses, and I'm mm-hmm. sure they each have their own human resources needs. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, let's go ahead and walk down, take a, a little stroll down memory lane. Yeah. So uh, we we got to know each other through a volunteer Opportunity and it involved um, a chance to really have young people um, under still high school age um, participate and become leaders themselves. And that was your brainchild. You started that idea of let's kind of have these young people who are familiar with the program become Mm -hmm. leaders. Talk about how you developed that and. How it ended up looking.
1: Well, as someone who is a huge proponent for personal and professional development and growth, the brainchild came almost directly from a counterpart out of uh, Minnesota. Okay. Who had a similar program. Um, You know, kids that were older than the program was serving or they had been successfully not you know, completed, but successfully served. They had received great resources from a program that we are operating, but they wanted that next step. Yes. uh, And how we were going to bridge them to that next step and capitalize on... Um, some kiddos that really had great energy. They bought into what the program offered and what they personally received. They wanted to share that. They're too young to know what the idea of networking really means. But ah, oh,
0: that's uh, great. <laughs> Reminder to the production staff, we're going to come back to that.
1: That <laughs> you know, really kind of selling their personal experience and sharing that on a peer level, which was really important. I think Regardless of your experience or what you're looking to do, you know, having someone at a peer level that's going to share where they have come from and where they're headed and what they'd like to accomplish, um, they really bought into that idea of, um, in some ways, fast tracking their own road to volunteerism Mm -hmm. and getting involved at a younger age. And that's the way I was raised. I was raised by a family of, you know, those do-gooders that go out and help build a playground and clean a road and serve a meal. Um, And so fostering that in young people um, is is amazing. Is getting them
0: involved as, you know, as young as we can. Right. So how does that transfer then now to where you're bringing people who are work age mm-hmm. and are are you using that same kind of philosophy of seeing you know helping folks understand that where whatever you're doing it's about marketing yourself and mm-hmm. believing in the program and networking. Networking. Um I,
1: I would agree with that. I think, you know, as we chatted last week when we were here for the Caroline County Economic Symposium, we were talking about, you know, really marketing your company. What does your company culture look like? What is your brand? Um, because people will be attracted to knowing that maybe it's where they see themselves fitting. They like what you offer. They like what you provide. Um, and being so transparent with that, that people see That it becomes kind of, you know, background marketing. That as you're promoting Mm -hmm. your culture and you're promoting who you are as a company and a brand, it's its own marketing. It's its own recruiting Mm -hmm. because you are reaching those people that are attracted to those things. If it's the offices that – You know, they always have a success lunch where they go out to a fancy restaurant and they're celebrating success of their team members. There are people that want that. They want the recognition. They want that team aspect. Um, You know, is your organization very rooted in philanthropy, that you have volunteer days, that you're involved in character counts and junior achievement? Um, Is that an important facet of your organization that you're going to attract like-minded people that not only want to do their job well and be part of your organization, but really they want to be involved in their community. Mm -hmm. So as much as you're able to kind of give people that window into what your company, your day-to-day really looks like, um, I know for our organization being invested in career growth and career development, as our company has grown, our service area has stretched and reached, there's opportunity for people to move up, to move laterally, um, to be finding what they are really interested in, you know, maybe participating in some mentoring, apprenticeship, some education
0: to make sure. those next steps possible. So so you've touched on the marketing and just letting, being transparent with what your company's culture looks like. And you mentioned some things that people may think of as, quote unquote, like the Google way of, of <laughs> having a business. That's not necessarily, that's not all, Mm-mm. right? There are plenty of companies in Caroline County that I've talked with that have good employee base, that have good retention base, that are are attracting those people that want to come in, do their job, leave and have their life. Mm-hmm. And so it it is not necessarily spending the time or the energy or the resources. Right. But if that's your culture, just let folks know. Let people know what that looks like. Um,
1: most people will tell you in today's market, your retention policy has to be as strong as your recruitment policy you have to be invested in your people especially your top earners and your strong producers and those a team members that are going to that really do build your brand and your company and what is important to those people um, there are some people that work for you know a company because they know that work hours are work hours and when they leave the office they're off duty right and maybe that company culture looks like you don't get called after hours you don't get called on vacation you set that out of office and that is sacrosanct yes and so is that your company culture not that you have to create additional programs and fill the break room with cereal but right. what's important to your people and what's successful now market that share it if you are offering lots of internal education and bringing you know entry level folks in and building them into those experienced team players, sell that. Mm -hmm. That you're starting here and we want to build you. We want to invest in the long term. If your benefits are fantastic, that we're going to pay for you to go to school, we're going to pay for your kid to go to school. And if you think about higher education and programs like that, that's their selling part of, you know, if you're going to come into work here, this is what you're receiving. Um, So I think there is a lot of merit in the – Engagement programs, finding out what people like, the celebrations, all of the gift giving, things like that. Service awards, in my opinion, are really important. Mm -hmm. Recognizing years that someone has dedicated to your company. Yes. But it doesn't have to be a full-time job to invest in your culture and share it. If it's working already and you have great retention, then just share what those things are. Right,
0: and and it's not just at the supervisor level mm-hmm. or the management level or the team leader level Mm-mm. or the HR level. It really is about everybody in an yeah. organization. Um, if they if they are there for that eight hours a day, that ten hours a day, whatever the case may be, they are part of that marketing team and mm-hmm. they need to really know that. They're being recognized, as you said, but also put that out to to the world, right. whether they're bringing in referrals or if they're just saying, this is a great place to work. And that makes somebody on Facebook go, oh, wow, well, that mm-hmm. I want to check out TriGas and Oil yeah. because they have these things that are important to me. It's all about that communication and getting that out exactly. there. Exactly. So uh, let's talk about mentoring. So do yeah. you have, in the family of companies, mm-hmm. do you have a mentoring program What does that look like for senior level and for, for lack of a better term, a junior level or entry level coming in?
1: We do have those opportunities, and it does look different mostly because of the industry and what licenses, certifications are possible. In the HVAC industry, there's really established routes for apprenticeship to journeyman licenses if you want to go into plumbing, HVAC, or the like. And so not only are we bringing in those apprentices that may have um, limited experience or limited certifications or exposure, but partnering with their technical school or the state where they are hosted Uh, for their apprenticeship Mm -hmm. so that we can be ensuring that we're offering the -the on-the-job training and educational opportunities that they can continue down that path. Okay. We we don't want people to leave our company for a better offer, of course, but if they do, we want them to know that where we have been and what we set them up to do has helped them succeed. Gotcha. I think there's a lot of Folks that sometimes will say, well, we don't have the time for education. Right. We don't have the money for it. Um, you know, we'll make it an initiative next year. Uh, you know, anytime you cl- log into LinkedIn or Facebook, you can find a meme or an image about something. So let's say you're not investing in your current people. What are they going to look like a year from now mm-hmm. if you haven't invested right. in their their personal and professional growth? Right. Um and so for the fuel side, while those apprenticeships are kind of at their infancy stage at the national level, um, one of our governing at bodies and um, our associations is the National Propane and Gas Association. And so they're working with the Department of Labor and, okay. um, and different groups to kind of create that formalized apprenticeship program that we see gotcha. in the HVAC business. That's not to say that we just don't kind of do it on our own. There's nothing to say we can't bring in someone with limited experience and work with them over the next year, two years, to be building in all those pieces that they are getting that education in our field. They're receiving the certifications they need to do their job well. We don't want them to take that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. while they're with us, we're investing in that because they're a better employee. They they feel that that's a partnership, that we're investing in them. There's also the added monetary bonus of sure. uh, increasing right. their take-home pay or t- increasing their hourly rate because now they are a more experienced employee. They are more marketable. Um, and I think that's where, again, those
0: two things kind of go
1: hand in hand.
0: And I want to touch on something. Uh, so when I was coming up many decades ago um, – you know, on-the-job training was just the way you did it. You had your education, right? You learned things in school, but when you got to a place of business, you had that on-the-job training. And then somewhere, you know, about 15, 20 years ago, it became more about had you learned what you needed to know for a job outside of that, whether it was a trade school, whether it was a technical school, a four-year college, in high school, whatever the case may be. And did you have that piece of paper to show that, right, that that education, um, that mattered more? I'm yeah. just going to put it out there. It mattered more. It seems to me, and let me know if I'm off base here, but it seems to me that we're kind of melding those two philosophies. Mm-hmm. You need to have... Um, We're looking at a lot of certifications and proof of education as a way to say, okay, this person can get in the door and we know that they're going to be working for us and they have that background, Mm -hmm. almost like a fast track for um, job experience. But we're going to take that and give them the training for our work. Are you seeing that?
1: I am seeing that. And I I think, again, that's where... For our industry, and, you know, if we're talking about service technicians or mechanics, we have, um, as everyone in the country does, we have this giant group of experienced folks on the job. They've been doing this work or this trade for 15, 20, 30, 40 years, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And
1: now we're staring at the opportunity that they could be retiring. Right. And are they going to take all that knowledge with them? So as we are, as you said, trying to meld between the -the on-the-job training and those trade schools and putting them together for young people or people changing directions, that we can be kind of transferring a lot of that knowledge to our younger folks Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. or – same age folks that are looking for a new a new skill or a new opportunity.
0: Let's have a sidebar on that for yeah. a second. So are you finding since COVID that you're getting more people who are changing careers or changing disciplines?
1: Yes. And okay. I first want to say that I think – as much as we're all tired of talking of COVID, mm-hmm. and people will say that, I don't I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's over. We're done. I, I don't think people give enough credit to how much it changed our world. Right. N- not just the people that got sick or the people that we lost, but our language changed. The way we interact in business, the way you visit your doctor right. has changed. And the workforce is a huge example of that. You know, we had first with the great resignation, and then we had the great reshuffle um, of everyone deciding they wanted to do something different or mm-hmm. capitalizing on those opportunities. Absolutely. Um, and trucking is a great example of people that, because the trucking industry needs so many people, uh, folks that said, well, you know, now I can go back to school for free and I can do this and I can earn a great wage compared to maybe what they were doing before, or they didn't think it was possible that they, right. um, they couldn't afford to take the time off and attend school. Uh, There's so many great opportunities through the state, through the county, that education is becoming, especially in the trades, is becoming more attainable Mm -hmm. for people Mm -hmm. that are thinking about driving or a a trade or HVAC or construction
0: that it's it's easier to to reach. And with that... What is your expectation for an employee and their longevity now with TriGas? Mm-hmm. You know, we used to hire and think, oh, you're going to retire after 25 years. And then right. it was like, oh, these pe- these kids are leaving. These whippersnappers <laughs> are leaving after 10. It's always the kid's fault. <laughs> yeah, it's always the kid's fault. Those kids who are 35 or 40 <laughs> are moving on. So what is TriGas and oil? What are you doing to bring them in and then dealing with the fact that we're a more fluid workforce now?
1: I think... Us, like everyone else, we're constantly looking for that silver bullet of what is going to really catch people. We're looking for that magic spell that's going to, you know, just boost applications and people are going to be banging down the door. And as I've said, you know, the last three years have changed those Even legacy companies or your most desired employers in the community, they're not sitting with desks covered in resumes Mm -hmm. like you used to be. You are having to, you know, be actively recruiting, actively reaching out to the community. For us, that's constantly keeping our job boards fresh, um, both our personal website and Indeed and Zip and Monster gotcha. and Vets to Work and MWE and all of them um, at, for us having relationships with our local trade schools at the high school and college level. Awesome. What does that, you know? What opportunities are we providing to those young people, and also educating them about what's available in our industry and our company? You know, as we talked about, as you just said, the you know the kids these days just always making a mess of things. They're always right. wrecking the way we're used to doing stuff, right? Um, so also tailoring those communications when we're talking to people that are that younger generation, mm-hmm. our um, you know our Gen Zs, they they don't. Put as much stock possibly in those traditional benefits that a different generation might. Your health insurance, your um, 401K that may be much more attractive sure. to an employee of a different generation. So what's going to matter to them more? Again, that career development and flexibility. Mm-hmm. Are, are we able to offer candidates a little bit of flexibility in – what we can put together as an employment package presenting that whole package to an employee
0: i want to i want to completely change things here in our last few minutes what is with job descriptions why has it become (laughs) over the last 10 years i want to talk real real here (laughs) over the last 10 years where even the the job that requires you know little complication, the job description sounds like you're applying as a dean for a college.
1: As an, as a applicant, if you were looking at job descriptions, it's mind boggling. You can imagine that because of your experience and what you do, that people in your personal life constantly ask for insight and advice. And that's the same for HR folks. Everyone wants us to write their resume and find them a job and debunk their benefits package. Right. right. Um, And so when you read them, you're like, why in the world do I need a doctorate to start working at Chipotle? That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. So as a As an employer, my advice is keep it simple. Keep it brief. Um, There's so many great studies about how quickly an applicant will move past a job description if they feel they're not qualified. Women are much more likely to do this. Women feel that they need to be qualified for 70 80% of the job before they'll apply compared to men who feel they only need to be qualified for 40%. Okay. So if you're having a giant technical job description posted, you're eliminating parts of of your applicant pool that may feel that they've eliminated themselves mm-hmm. on step two or three that they don't meet all those
0: criteria so it goes back to marketing, marketing. right we're gonna wrap this baby right around <laughs> full circle so you started off and that's something that you have been saying mm-hmm. you said at the symposium you've just put it out there you need to market your company so if that key piece of communication to a possible applicant is the job description Mm -hmm. say again what you said about keeping it simple yeah the keep it simple just
1: brief why do we why are we looking for someone what does this person's key role entail um and what are we really looking for? You can drill down on the minutia of someone's job at a later date, but when you're looking for a volume of applicants, you're looking for those soft skills that can't be listed in a job description. Make it brief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, any have you? If I've ever looked for a hotel room online, you see all those big glossy rooms and the very precise photography, right? And then you go to check in, and you're immediately frustrated and disappointed. Avoid those opportunities. Gotcha. If you have a bad hotel room, publicize you have a bad hotel room. Right. Someone will still stay there. Right. Because that's their niche. That's what they're looking for. But be honest about your presentation.
0: You're going to reach more people Mm -hmm. that are looking for exactly what you're offering. And so that's the tenet of marketing is to generate leads. So HR has now become, in your opinion, has become generating leads. And then through the vetting process, the interview process, the onboarding process, Yep, that's where you make sure that you get a candidate that's going to work for you, Yeah, be productive for the company, be happy, and stay right now maybe five, ten years. <laughs> Fingers uh. crossed. <laughs> and for marketing
1: professionals that are already, you know, spent with all the original content they're trying to create and all of the people that they're trying to reach in their target market, the great thing is that promoting your company culture, promoting your internal employees, opportunities, and why someone would want to work there, it's free content. People are already doing it all day Mm. long. Someone's getting a new piece of, you know, certificate or education that they've reached. Someone had a birthday or service award. Someone retired. Someone volunteered for something. Promote that. It's free content. Yes.
0: Courtney Stewart, thank you so much for coming out today. We appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Be sure to like and subscribe to Featured Insights and look for us on your favorite podcast platform.